Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to the show with Andy Brant Bernard, Mike Bryant sitting in for Doug Sprinthal because the inmates are running things. Mm-hmm. Mike Gelfand sitting in for Sanity. <laughs> for Sanity, that's good. And then two quick quotes from the classical music site I'm looking at, trying to find the name of that damn song that I love so much. Uh, I ran across "Oh Happy Day" by Edwin Hawkins in the California and the singers, Happy Northern Day. California State. Uh, remember that great song? Mm-hmm. Just a great song. Yep. I actually sang it at a wedding one time, and the people are like, "Man, they were they reacted to that song in a big way." So here you go. Oh, they were reacting oh, ha- to your voice. <clears throat> yeah, that must be it. I in mean, any a lot case, of people don't know you. Uh, you uh, you fronted a band when you were like thirteen or something, right? Eleven. Oh, I started at eleven. Yeah, Take five. Crazy. Take five, and then Guy Laurent became the lead singer, and I was the drummer in that band because. I also decided to take up not only singing but drinking when I was 11. So in any case, <laughs> you know, uh, two comments on the song Oh Happy Day by Edwin Hawkins. Number one, Meigs says this former atheist is praising the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, great quote. And then Theodore Jonas says right after she said, Meigs said it, Theodore says, I'm Jewish, and I'm crazy about this song. (laughs) I love that. Another fallen Jew. Another fallen Jew, Mike. What happened? All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. I'll try to find Alex and see if I can find the name of that damn song. I love it, and I forgot the name, but what an idiot. Although, technically, we don't have a break. Yeah, he plays my commercial. You just want to play your commercial? Yeah, play my commercial. There you go. I like it. People have had enough of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're about to. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Do. I thought for sure he was going to play, Oh, happy day, oh, happy day. I was going to say, When Jesus Walked, but, I, you know, Gal fans on, so I won't do it. You know what I mean? Finally getting you know, a little respect around here. Yeah, finally. I tell you what, though, I'm looking at a list of songs, Oh, Happy Days. One of them, Isn't It a Pity, by George Harrison. You got uh, Holding Back the Years by Simply Red. 
You got uh, Rock with You, Michael Jackson, Creed with Arms Wide Open, Since I Fell for You. I mean, God, you forget there's so many great songs out there, man. Lenny Welch was phenomenal. Of course, yeah. There's some great stuff. I never knew this. Did you know that whoever put this up, Since I Fell for You by Lenny Welch, entered the name Catman916. They stole my name. <laughs> Your very original that? name. My that very is original a great name. Song. Oh, Since I Fell for You. Oh, Michael. Yeah. And, rem- uh, and uh, of course, that that reminds us about the death of one of the uh, the greats of all time today. Uh, yeah, you know, Ronnie Spector. Oh, yep. Ronnie Spector! I loved Ronnie Spector. Oh, be fabulous! My, be, my, be my little baby. I was baby. just going to say. I mean, is that oh. that that also has got to be one of the greatest songs of all time? Of all time, no yeah, good. She died girl yesterday. groups were fabulous, but that was that that was the that was the best of all the girl groups. Of course, they yeah. were all the same people. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You watch that uh, behind the behind the music or behind the yep. lead. Yep. That yeah, it's amazing how many of them are the same people. It's the same people over and over and over again. Yep. And I love the fact what's her name showed up in curlers yeah, in to curlers. sing. Yep. It's just a shot away. <laughs> she shows up in curlers to do it. When they talk about her hearing what the lyrics actually are, and it's like, yeah. wait, what the hell am I singing here? Yeah, rape, murder. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah. It's a little harsh. In any case, so what else is happening? Everything is good? Well, do you see uh, the Queen stripped Prince Andrew of all his, all his military stuff? Oh, hey. Alex is calling me. So Somebody's talk amongst phone. yourself. I'm going to find out the name of the song. Thanks. I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, the Queen stripped uh, Prince Andrew of everything. His military, everything, all his, all his uh, really? high power stuff. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, stripped of all military titles. Yep. There you go. Uh oh, Prince Andrew's in trouble. Yeah, I think things, things are not looking good. Well, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I think I think they've uh, they've dropped the dime on him, and it doesn't look good. Well, yeah. people have been talking about him for God knows how long. But now well, they're just... a lot of other names are going to come out now. Well, I mean, Maybe. every time every time case like this happens, we never get any names. Yeah. So well, we'll see. They, they've sealed the names. Plus, I do believe there's a strong uh, indication that there's a bunch of Arabs, uh, sheiks on there. And I don't think their names are ever coming out. No, <laughs> so, absolutely I, not. I wouldn't be shocked that there hasn't been all sorts of deals being made there. Well, yeah, supposedly the names are now being unsealed, though. So. Yeah. We'll see if it actually happens. Yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah we'll I mean see. that's 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 the reason why the why the uh, the prince is in uh, such uh, hot water. Yeah, although he may be the one who makes the most sense to take the fall on this one. Yeah, all eyes are really yeah. are on him. Yeah, so, but yeah, quite the deal. Well, maybe so, he'll share a cell with uh, Matt Gates. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, Mike, has uh, Doug gone through the whole car issue with you? Uh, like, what your first car was? Um, I think we've we've talked about it. I don't remember specifically we talked about that. We, what we did talk about were some of the terrible cars we've had. Mm-hmm. But normally you um, ask people about their first car, so I'm just wondering if, since you've been on the show a number of times, whether or not he's asked yeah. you about that. Well, the, the the first car I had was, was the one my dad handed down to me. Well, of course, that's probably true of most of us, right? Or dad or mom. Uh, gets a new car and then we get the old car. Uh, this, in my case, it was a it was a Chevy. Was was the Chevelle the really the cheapest of the Chevys? At one point, yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's that's what I got, and and that was the car 
That was the car, and I know I did mention this, but uh, that was the car I was driving one day when the steering wheel, I was taking a left turn, and, and the steering wheel came off. <laughs> it was like a Roadrunner cartoon, you know. I, I was trying to turn, and then I looked down, and the steering wheel was in my hand. Yikes. It wasn't attached to anything. Man. So how did, be, how did you come to a stop? I, yeah, I just, uh, well, I was able to come to a stop, but, you know, luckily I wasn't going very fast. Okay. Uh, if I had been, then I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be talking about this today. Yeah. Well, you know, I do love those father to son deal. Like, you know, when my dad, uh, when I got to turn 16, my dad left me a straight jacket. So <laughs> straight that was jacket, nice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know, you know. Now, I did not did get a fit? car for, Uh No, my it father was fit, about. though. You'd be too big, right? No. Oh, God. He, my father was about five, Six or seven, something like that, probably weighed about 120 pounds. Yeah, like me. Yeah, he's about, well, you're taller than five, six, aren't you? Uh, maybe I was at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm down exactly I think I at six been, feet. I, at my peak, I think I was five, six and a half. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I probably I've lost, lost about half an inch. I've lost about an inch and a half. I, I measured myself the other day. I am right at six feet. I used to be six one and a half, and I'm right at six feet now. My my favorite thing on your height was that picture you took with the president, where it's like there's no yeah. way he's as tall as he yeah. says he is. I know. I'm no, 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 unless you've grown, <laughs> unless you've grown since last time I saw you. Exactly. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that McHoward Gelfano? Now give it to me. What, what, I was what, in, uh, what exactly uh, uh, was it? I was invited to have lunch with then-President Trump about several mm-hmm. years ago, right? And he always talks about, yeah, I'm 6'4", and everything, uh, you know, I'm 6'4", and uh, I'm 6'4". There's a picture of, uh, of President Trump and me. We're exactly the same <laughs> <Yeah>. height. <laughs> well, but, but as I understand it, he said he was 6'4", because if he was 6'4", he would not be overweight. Yeah. Oh, that's a possibility. Yeah, that's yeah, I see. And, and that's that why be. I don't want to be. I don't want to be condemned as underweight. So when they ask me how tall I am, I say, Ah, about four eleven. Four eleven. I'm a bustling, hustling four eleven. No question about it. Remember when Garnett was always five eleven, or no, six eleven? When he six always told everybody yeah. he was six twelve. Yeah. No, he said he was six twelve. Six twelve. He didn't want to be a center because he knew if he was seven feet, he'd be a center, so he wanted to be a power. So he told people he was he was six twelve. So. Okay, well, he was a genius. Ah, yeah. One of the biggest pricks I've ever met in my life. No. By the way. Oh, he can't even never, close. I've never heard a good story about him. Nah, never. No. He's no. just a prick. I oh. just All I think is that Celtics uh, championship, and yeah, there's good stories Oh, about shut him. up. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the Celtics. Oh, God. A friend of mine was uh, producing a TV spot, mm-hmm. and they were paying Garnett uh, a lot of money. To basically show up and read a couple lines. Oh God! So they wait no. about four hours for him to show up. So yeah. everybody's getting time and a half. You know, the, the budget's being exploded, and uh, finally he shows up and uh, he uh, he reads a couple lines, and kind of looks looks sort of toward the camera, <laughs> and uh, basically, in other words, it was unusable, right? <clears throat> So the the director says, uh, you know, you know what they always say. Hey, that was great, Bill. You know, but let's try it again with a little wrinkle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
so this is what this is what the what the director said you know uh, Kevin that that was just that was really good you know um, now let's let, let's let's where, where are you going Kevin <laughs> <laughs> there you go and he that was out of there. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. I, I've been in a few of those sessions. Mike, I'm sure you have, too, been in those recording sessions. Yep. Somebody goes, okay, that's it. I'm leaving. Yeah, and they're the ones getting all the money. Yeah, and they're the ones getting all the money. Obviously, because exactly. the rest of us, we, we can't, you know, we don't have that kind of power. Have, have how, you seen many, the... Go ahead. Very quickly, how many years has LeBron James been in the league now? Um, what, 13, boy. something like that? Yeah, probably in that range. Well, somewhere, on. Yeah, let's somewhere see. in there. Yeah, probably right around 13. Yeah. I think it's around 13 because I went to a movie, and I can't remember who the commercial was for, but he, LeBron James was in the commercial, and he's dressed up kind of like yeah. a, I don't know, one of the three musketeers or something. <laughs> and a guy walks up to him because he's holding a, a broadsword. And the guy walks up and he goes, what's that you have? And he said, and they left it in because he wouldn't redo it, this is my mighty sword. Sword. <laughs> he said <laughs> Sword. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good, LeBron. Yeah, it looks Another. like it looks like he. Uh, I think his first year was was with the Cleveland, of course, in yep. two thousand and three. Two thousand three, yeah, because he's been All Star seventeen times. Been a long time. Yep, seventeen 19 times. Nineteen years. Yep. Oh yeah. my God. Well, he, oh. he didn't go to college, right? He didn't he go straight out? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think you're hey, right. Thirty-seven. You know, I have a question for wow. you. Why do you think that I just, this just occurred to me just now, without a doubt, you'll find, you know, standalones here and there, but without a doubt, the biggest pricks in sports I've ever met are all NBA players. Every one of them. <laughs> now, I've met a yeah, few well, who are really nice guys. I don't know. I bet you there's a football player or two we could probably toss oh, in there. Oh, not yes. Antonio Brown. <laughs> He's just, that guy's just crazy. But He's crazy. I think there's a wide receiver for the Vikings that you might throw into that group. Wide receiver. How about a second baseman who threatens to kill you every <laughs> yeah. single day for a whole season? <laughs> yeah, that would be another one. Uh-huh. Uh, now, hockey that, players man? are all good. Yeah, hockey players that are probably was, the uh, nicest athletes. That was Rod Carew. Yep, uh, Rod Carew. Oh, that's right. Hall of Famer, Rod Carew. Well, I think Rod it's... Uh... Every day, every day he'd walk past me and say, Gil fans, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Gil fans, baby. Gil fans. And then by about the middle of the season, he'd say, Gil fans. I'd say, yeah, I know, Rod, you're going to kill me. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know what you're saying. I think it's directly correlated with uh, how popular the sport is and how deified these people are. That's probably oh, true. Yeah. Baseball, yeah. for a long time, it was, you know, if you were a baseball player, you were a god. And then it became uh, basketball for a long time, the 80s and 90s especially. And now it's football. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that in all of those eras, those people were the worst people. Because mm-hmm. you just, you can't. You can't worship humans like that without them turning into monsters. Well, you also got True. teenage kids getting a billions of dollars and yeah, you really yeah, that's ridiculous that yeah. they can they can do that because they they just blow it all and they end up uh, basically homeless because they don't know what they're doing. But you figured out the wide receiver from the Vikings, haven't you? Well, not Randy Moss. No, I always liked him. no, early. Well, he uh, he was a little bit earlier than that. A little early, a wide receiver was yeah. a prick. Yep. I can't Came think of it. Came from Philadelphia. I probably, probably blocked it out of my brain. Yep. 
Who was? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had the same initials, maybe. As who? No, he had the same initials. Like first and second name were the were, oh. were both the same. A and Hole. Nope. So who was it? Chris. Oh, Chris Carter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep, friendly man. Yeah. Really, really friendly it is human wide being. wide receivers, too. Yep. The wide receivers tend to be, they do tend to be the ones, that, even more than quarterbacks. Yes. Which is weird. Wide receivers are the guys who, who quit in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. As we saw last week. You know, it's just like, yeah. oh, yep, that's no. true. Although my Antonio cl- Brown. Oh, that's it. I'm done. My latest yeah. classic is A-Rod. Uh, A-Rod, during the World Series, looked at Big Poppy and said, do you get booed sometimes in Boston? Because I get booed sometimes in New York. How could he compare himself to Big Poppy? I, I don't get it. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Somebody told me he's a raging prick, too. I've never met him, Who? so I don't know. A-Rod? A-Rod. Okay. I was hoping you weren't saying that to Big Poppy because I was like, no, no, Big Poppy's a great guy. Throw down my headsets and walk out. <laughs> no, he's been on the KQ Morning Show a couple of times. No, Big Poppy's great. Except for you can't understand a word he's saying mm-hmm. that on the radio. That's the one problem I did have. Pulusi Magumba. I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's no question about well, that, it. That, no, that, he's might a very nice the, that might have just been the effect of the steroids. So. <laughs> never, <laughs> never proven. <laughs> never admitted oh, never to. Never proven. proven. Yeah. Never proven. Yep. I still have my my uh, steroid story that I like to tell, uh, you know, because we're yeah. about the same age. Got into weightlifting and all the rest of it. And this guy came around and said, we got this thing, man. You guys, especially with your frame and all the rest of it, you get on this stuff, you will be one of the strongest men in the world. It's called a st- uh, steroid. And it's totally safe, but you will build muscle. Because <laughs> this was back yeah, in the day, Yeah, it was totally right? safe. Yeah, Totally yeah. safe. Uh, at the time, I was like six one and a half and weighed, I think, around two forty, something like that. And Jesse Ventura was six three and weighed about one ninety because he was a swimmer at Roosevelt High School. That's right, right. So uh, this guy came around to the gyms, everybody gyms, and blah blah blah. And I went, Nah, I'm good, man. I two forty, six one and a half, two forty is good. I don't need to get any bigger than that. Uh, about one year later, I saw Jesse. He had gained 85 pounds of muscle. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's got to be really but, good for you. Now, that's a guy oh, yeah. that's working out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah you all those weights way. he's lifting, of you, course. You talked about steroids <laughs> yesterday, and they didn't. They don't help guys hit more home runs. What they do is help you practice more, and because you practice more, then you don't have to worry about the rest time in Basically, between breaks. Basically, yeah. So that's that's why Jordan or Woods or you know right. guys they they practice all the time and this allows them to do it like every minute of the day. Well, I mean, know? most people probably like over I don't know the seventieth percentile even are strong enough I think to hit a home run. It's not the strength though hitting the ball. You have to hit it in a very specific way to get a home run, and that's where the practice comes in. Yeah, well, it's it's repetitive, and it's, yep, exactly. And then being able to catch up to a fastball is not easy. <laughs> well, that too, yeah. But most of it, like most sports, in fact, I don't know if I can really think of any play in any sport that requires just tons and tons of raw strength. Mm-hmm. There's some football. Yeah. I suppose, well, yeah. yeah, if you're blocking, that kind of thing. Yeah. The but that's about it. Underneath the basket in the NBA, man, they there's a lot of just crucial hits down there, mm-hmm. you know? So, Mike, did you ever did you ever bat? Did they ever, when you were, were on the beat with the Twins, did you ever get in the cage? 
No, I, I mean, I've been in batting cages, of course, and played a little baseball when I was younger and I could not hit the ball over the fence. But um, I did, though. I did I did one, one year, was the, right toward the end of the season. In fact, I think it was like uh, it was before the final game. We were, we were in uh, Chicago, Comiskey Park. And, uh, and I got there early. I was talking to Mock. And it was like an optional batting practice day. Harmon Killebrew was a broadcaster then. You know, he was in his maybe yep. early to mid fifties. So Harmon Harmon was in the cage, and somebody threw me a glove and said, "Get out there and shag." So, uh, <laughs> oh. So I I went out to left field. This is Comiskey. You know, it's a big ballpark, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Harmon steps in. You heard that thwack, and I looked up in time to see the ball sailing over my head. Turned around, the ball short hopped off the brick at the bottom of the fence there at Comiskey. You can kind of picture that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Put the glove up, the ball went straight into my glove. Wow. Now I was feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. I pivoted and in one smooth motion threw the ball to second base. It got about halfway there. <laughs> All right, we do. Are we doing full disclosure here? It depends the first on what time the that disclosure I, is about to be. Every, everyone out to the Metrodome, uh, they said, "Hey, man, why don't you go out and we'll do this sh- shag some balls and all the rest of it." I had never ever been on artificial turf oh, in my yeah. life before that. Oh right? yeah, and no that was that, was that the first set that before they'd even made any changes yet? Yeah, the terrible yeah. one. That was like terrible. running on cement. And it had creases in it, so basically uh, I get the uh, line shot over the uh, shortstop, and mm-hmm. it hits uh, you know probably about 10, nah, probably 25 feet behind him, and it starts bouncing and rolling toward me. As soon as it got anywhere near me, hit a crease, hit me right in the crotch. <laughs> Ouch. Like, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. felt good. That felt really good. Um, yeah, Andy, what, if we play what, it. Oh, go ahead, sir. I was just going to say, you, you, you learned a valuable lesson about baseball. Never field the ball squarely. Oh no! You always get hit in the nuts. In t- total violation of, 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 of violation of all the rules. No, no, you don't get down there, you know, and you don't bend your knees and and catch the ball like right right in your gut, you know, with the glove. No, you step mm-hmm. to the side because you don't want to. I mean, it ain't worth it. <laughs> the matador, matador field. Mm-hmm. Ole, right, That's true. <laughs> We do have to take a break here. Andy, I have a question for you. If we play a song coming out of this, who do I send the quarter to? Yeah, I don't really know that there's anyone. You just uh, feel the wrath of the RIAA. Well, what if I, I want to pay for it? I'll send them the money. This is car selling secrets. Make Walzer pay for it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When we get fined, just send them the bill. It's Doug's fault. Easy peasy. We found, I, Alex sent me the name of the song, and I'd love to play it, but, I mean, is anybody going to get pissed off or something? Uh, if it's, I mean, if we keep it under, like, ten seconds, then probably not. Ten seconds? You can't don't even hear the song. Yeah, I know. Gonna, no, they're not going to shut us down. We've already been banned from YouTube, so, yeah, I mean. So yeah, what what else can have. they do to us? Ban us from Facebook. All right, we'll come back and play my favorite. Uh, now, Rachel's song, damn good, no question about it. It's in, definitely in the top three or four, but uh, I want to play my favorite of all time. Alex sent me the name, and we'll be right back right after this.
Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. It's time for Profile. The great resignation is real, folks. People are changing jobs faster than they change lanes on a highway, and you know how that's going. Experts say they're leaving because their current jobs are not fulfilling their true mission. If this sounds familiar and you have a passion for helping others, the good folks at Profile want to meet you. I'm serious. I can speak from my experience. My Profile coach, Haley, was the difference in my weight loss journey. Profile's a great place to work, I'm telling you. Again, they offer competitive compensation, benefits, a 401k match, flexible work schedules, and a sign-on bonus. Not a health coach already? Well, don't worry about that. Profile pays for your training and health coach certification. So... What are you waiting for? Visit ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities for a location near you. That's ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities or find them on Indeed under Profile by Sanford. Profile, transforming lives one relationship at a time. There you go. All right, we're going to follow Michael Bryant's lead on this. Because they're not monitoring every second you do. Plus, the fact that we've been pulled off YouTube, they can't hear us anyway. Yeah. You know, right? I suppose. Uh, it's Debussy, D E B U S S Y. And the song's called Claire de Lune. Oh, it Claire, is. Claire, Claire yeah. de Lune. Everyone knows Claire de Lune. Oh, my God. God I wish somebody had whistled song. it. We could have figured it out. <laughs> yeah, you guys were horrible at it. It sucked huge. But Alex came through for me. She played it at her wedding. That's a great song. Oh, God. It's just beautiful. Dan, if you can find it, I suppose we'll play some of it. Uh, you know the song, Mike, right? Yeah, Mo. Oh. No, I'm talking about Mike. Gilfie. I'll know it when I hear it. You, yes, oh, you'll you definitely will definitely. Know. It's the most beautiful song I've ever heard. There's no getting around it, man. Let me know when you're ready, Andrew. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's all you're getting. Damn it! Come the, the best part was come. You know, some of the movies that this has been in, it's been in uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, <laughs> Frankie and Johnny, huh. Twilight Saga, The Right Stuff, Westworld, La Raphael, whatever that is, The Purge. Yeah, that's uh, Music for Millions. What? And Ocean's Eleven. Claire de Lune? Yeah. Huh. Why would you want to calm everyone down in a movie theater? I don't mm-hmm. get it. Well, Fantasia used it. 
God, so. it's just magnificent. It's a great song, yeah. beautiful. Oh, God, that song is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so what Mike, else? Is get? Mike weeping? Mike, are you weeping? Yeah. He's speechless. Uh, I'm misty-eyed. <laughs> I'm misty-eyed, Tom. Well, Tom... In any case, what's the latest? We got one more segment here to do. Car Selling Secrets not going on today because... No, it's going on. It's just being changed a little bit. Well, it's much more highbrow than when Doug does it. Mm-hmm. Right? You talked about cars when you were on, off getting your phone call. Mike gave us a car story. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I did hear the car story at the mm-hmm. end of the car story. question I have for you uh, from Mr. Gelfand and, and Mr. Bryant. Did you know Frank Moe, legislator? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Doug was he his died. brother. Yeah. He died. Hmm. Uh, Frank Moe, a two-term DFL state legislator from Bemidji, whose passion for environmental protections inspired him to drive a yep. dog sled team on a lobbying trek from North Shore to Capitol, has died at only 56 years old. Wow, he was... Oh, man. I would have thought he yeah, was Yeah, he was a powerhouse. Well, <sighs> his brother was, was big. His brother was would have been lieutenant governor under Humphrey and was... Uh, what was he? Was He was head of the Senate. That was Roger? Roger, yeah. In... What did they say when Frank died? Come on. When Frank died? Yeah. You ready? Uh, let's see. It's more than we can handle. Uh, something like oh, that. Oh, more than we can handle. Or I yeah. was thinking, I'm sorry, Mo. I'm sorry, what do you Mo. Think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know, he was, a, uh, he was a musher, you know. Yeah, he was. A big-time musher. Big he time, was indeed. Yeah. He, he uh uh, what, what's what's the big what's the big race? Oh, the, the big musher race. Oh, um, the Iditarod. Iditarod. Yeah. Iditarod. Yeah. Oh, Iditarod. Yeah. So I don't know if you ever heard the story about uh, about uh, Riley, Riley, the St. Paul Pioneer Press columnist. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yep. He, he was a legend too, and uh, and he drank occasionally. No, Don. <laughs> like he, Not he, no way. I say occasionally because he he never. Yeah, Don Riley. He, I say occasionally because I don't think he ever drank in his had any drinks in his sleep. But so, <laughs> he's up he's up there one day and uh, and uh, so he's uh, he's dictating his column, covering the the race, and he's dictating his column, and he's up in uh, let's see where would he have been in Bemidji? You think? Mm, d- d- isn't it further north than that? I think it is further north, yeah. yeah. Maybe International Falls. Or Hibbing like or One of those Cloquette. places. I, I can't remember. Um, I do know that one day I found myself in a in a motel near Bemidji, and all the sled dogs, uh, as it turned out, were, uh, were being housed out uh, in front of the motel at night, and they howled at the moon all night. And, you know, I used to howl at the moon all night, too, but that was in my drinking days. Sure. And it was not pleasant. So anyway, he was he was up there uh, wherever it was, and uh, and so uh, he's he's uh, going to dictate the story. That was in the days, you know. You've, you've seen the old uh, the old movies where the guy says, "Oh, sweetheart, get me rewrite." So then, uh, anyway, then then he would dictate the story, and uh, so he uh, he he starts out and he says, "All right, all right, here you go." All right. Dateline Duluth, and uh, the uh, person taking the dictation, which means they just they're typing it out as he's right. as he's telling the story. Um, so he says, "Yeah, Dateline Duluth," and and the rewrite guy says, uh, 
Don, uh, Don, you're in International Falls. And he says, nice catch. <laughs> See, I love that about newspaper guys. There's no getting around it. Uh, you know, well, whatever. Duluth, International Falls, what the hell's the difference, right? Yeah, I mean, you can be drunk in any of those places. <laughs> Damn, you horn tootin'. By the way, I do need to uh, report this because I, uh, I, t- I did bring this up this morning, uh, this idiotic idea that we're going to distribute uh, antibodies, COVID-19 antibodies, uh, by race. Minnesota has uh, wised up and removed race as a factor. Oh, did they? Uh, That's surprising, yes. actually. Well, it's ridiculous. I mean, you well, talk about racist. What, oh, uh, they uh, need our help more. Uh, they need my help because I'm powerful. Like, yeah. ah, shut I, up. I don't even know what this is. What What's the... Well, so they have a... Uh, scoring system which uh if you score high enough then you get the antibodies or you know whatever treatment they have oh okay and who gets it wow yeah Yeah. and uh so it's like you know if you have a heart problem you get a point or if you're over the age of 65 you get a point or whatever Mm -hmm. and in three states uh being not white gives you two points yep and minnesota is one of them or was these are the monoclonal yes i believe so yes yep so it's like, you know... Yeah, they're very hard to get. They're very hard to get. and But the, the weird thing is that not being white gives you more points than things like being geriatric and having heart failure. Yeah. Yeah, very... Uh, Ridiculous. You know, hmm. I'm surprised well, they didn't get sued to oblivion. Or maybe they did. Maybe they did, and that's why they took it away. New York is New York, Minnesota, and one other place. Utah, of all places. Utah. Utah, for all four people? <laughs> yep. Utah, they can give all the points they want. We're going to give points to... Let's <laughs> do see. Whatever. <laughs> do whatever. So I am proud of Minneapolis, uh, or excuse me, proud of Minnesota for removing that, because I, I did make the comment on the morning show this morning, how do they not see how racist that is, that, oh, we as white people making decisions, we need to help out the people of color. Would you get rid of that, for Christ's sake? They're human just like you are. Jesus, I hate that. It's a very Minnesotan attitude, though. It really is. I know Jesus. so much more than you. I need... Yes, exactly. You're such a poor little nobody, and I am very smart. <laughs> That's what it comes across as. So they removed it. Thank God. Tip of the cap. I'm proud to be a Minnesotan yet again. So that's good, because everybody is a human being. Please serve the people that need it the most, no matter what their skin color is. That's how we should do it, right? You would think. Sure. Yeah, love it. Yeah. All right, so what else is that? We only got about 15 minutes left here. My God, this show is blowing by. It must be the just the dazzle of having Gelfand on the show. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No? Dazzle, yeah. It's, it's a word usually associated with my personality. <laughs> so, Mike, I, dazzle. I another question for you, Mike. <laughs> do, you st- do you still bet horse racing? Oh, pretty much, uh, I would say, you know, yep. Most days. Okay. Do you do that online, or do you spend, go down to Canterbury? I don't Canterbury? spend a huge amount of time at it, but maybe you know, I probably probably about fifteen hours a week. I sit <laughs> okay. at my computer and bet the ponies. And so, it's there is it go. is it vertical or horizontal? Uh, well, I uh, you know, it's uh, basically uh, you got You got to bet the verticals if you're going to make any money. Okay. No, I don't know what that is. What's vertical, a vertical? Vertical. So it's yeah, like horizontal no would be about. like betting exactas or trifectas in the same race, and and oh, okay. and horizontal yeah. is betting like pick fives, pick threes, pick sixes, mm. and so and and really good people that are good at it pick the right pick sixes to get in because they their structure their ticket right. is a certain way, and that's that's one pick of the things six. that's hard to figure out. 
The pig six was a wonderful thing at Canterbury in the early days. Mm-hmm. And, I uh, and I, and my brother and I played the pig six a lot. And, and, and there were a couple years where it kind of made my living wow. doing that, uh, somewhere between, uh, newspapers and radio. Yeah. But, and there were big, huge purses and, and it was very exciting, but you know, it, it, it went into decline. Everything at Canterbury, it's still a great track, mm-hmm. but, but the really huge money uh, purses and pots, you know, with, with big pick threes, big, and the pick six was fabulous. The pick six would, you know, would get up into the hundreds of thousands, uh, almost routinely. Um, but that all pretty much went away uh, when, uh, when the, when the, uh, when when the casino came in, uh, and then people, a lot of people who weren't really into the horses, but like they just kind of liked the culture of it and the glitter and the glamour. They mm-hmm. kind of found their way up the road to Prior Lake. What's crazy though is like you you can't bet online Canterbury. So since you're in Minnesota, not, yeah, not if you're living in Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. not allowed to bet Canterbury. I can bet Hong Kong or Australia or <laughs> you know or whatever I want yep. in the middle of the night, and uh, but you yep. can't bet Can- Canterbury. So it's real weird that you don't have you know that kind of ability to see what's going on. So when you're when you were doing pick six, success with pick sixes, was it because you were like was it the buyers figures or what were you using to figure out which ones? And what a pick six is for people that don't know is you're you're picking the winner in six races, uh, six chosen races right. that they have. Right, and and uh, the pick six as it worked then, you could bet, for example, a two dollar pick six. But the catch was you'd only be able to use one horse in right. each race for that. So if you were really going to win the pick six, generally speaking, you'd have to be able to single a horse in a couple races. So you sort of narrow it down, betting wise, to a pick four. And then you know, and then you you wind up you wind up betting. You know, I I would say a, a typical pick six for us in those days might have been two hundred and forty eight dollars. Yeah. Okay. That would have just been typical. You know, you weren't going to win it very often with a twelve or twenty four. I I did win a pick six once on a, on a twenty four dollar play, but it was actually a sub play, and I won't get into that. That's too complicated. But um, yeah, the pick sixes were great then. Now, of course, when, when I bet on almost everybody, the vast amount of money that any track takes in is generally taken is, is generally money bet um, in in other states and, and far away in many online. cases online. It's all online now, and but, but the reason that you can't bet Canterbury here is because um, Canterbury uh, and any track would would like you to come to the track. They make a lot more money. Yeah. From, from one, you know, from money that's bet at at the track. But what's Plus crazy? People are, are drinking beer and that kind of thing. Yeah. What's crazy is then they they do all these start times at like five o'clock, so that you can right. get they can get people online kind of in between right. the early early races and the late races. That's right. And if you have a job, getting to Canterbury at five o'clock doesn't really work. So no. it's crazy no, they I, pick I the time. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> you know? So they're just simply they're basically what they're saying is and, and you're right it's kind of contradictory both what they're saying is we can't really make a living from money just money bet at the track and we would like to be able to so screw the people who want to come to the track right this is strictly for the benefit of people betting online and I think it's sad because Canterbury's been one of the few racetracks 
that was actually a, a place where families would yep. could and would go. It had a nice family atmosphere. It wasn't, you know, a lot of tracks are kind of grimy. Canterbury was never like that and still isn't. It's a nice, clean, wonderful, right. well-lit place. Uh, I wouldn't eat the food, but that's another story. <laughs> but, um, that's nice. Well, you know, all the years I worked, I, I worked at Canterbury for, I guess, uh, more than 20 years. What did you do there? Uh, doing Well, I, was, I did a handicapping show oh, okay. before the race. Oh, okay. Yep. And, uh, and I always started out. My uh, the the handicapping show by uh, by ridiculing the daily special in the uh, you know like uh, this is if you were up on the top floor there, which is uh, where the box seats were and all that you know there was the clubhouse the clubhouse buffet it, generally it was about five bucks and it mostly consisted of gravy and. Uh, well. It is Minnesota, and I just mocked. I mocked the track every single day by by basically trying to kill their customers with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they took it well. Well, they, they tended to. The other thing is later on, you know, they had a they one of the one of the things we had at Canterbury that you wouldn't see many other places was the the punitive speed bump. So you're you're you're. You're you're driving into the place and you're going through this wind, not kind of kind of long winding road that takes you into the parking lot from the street, and uh, there's a there's a big there's a big speed bump there, but there's no sign. They don't they don't like paint it yellow, <laughs> so a lot of people lost their transmissions by going over. You know, you're in a hurry to get to the second race. So so um, one year one year toward the end of my tenure, I was told. Uh, yeah, the marketing guy, he sounded a lot like Jimmy Stewart, which is good because that's the only impression I do. And he said, uh, hey, Mike, uh, it's great to have you back for another year, but uh, if you don't mind, Mike, uh, uh, could you just lay off the, uh, the, 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 the clubhouse buffet and, and, and the speed bump? You know? We'd appreciate it. I said, oh, that's no problem at all. So we start the show, and I say, I say uh, to Paul Allen, who's doing the show with me, I said, Paula, uh, it was an emergency uh, before the before the races started today, but everything's fine. And he says, well, "What happened?" I said, "Well, you know, the 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 gravy the gravy tanker was was driving in, you know, to <laughs> supply the clubhouse. Say, get the speed bump overturned." And uh, thousands of gallons of gravy spilled into the uh, spilled into the mid the, the pond in the, in the middle of the track. Uh, and, and, but uh, but it's in the it's, it's okay it's okay. We lost a few geese, but other than that, it's okay. <laughs> oh, poor geese! So they didn't ask me anymore to lay off. They just figured there's nothing we can do with the guy. And then uh, that kind of ended my tenure there. Uh, <laughs> that was enough. So do you, do you play any tournaments? Do you do any of the of of like the tournaments to try to get in the the bigger tournaments? No, I I never did. I had a lot of friends who did. It's uh, it's not the, the when you're when you're betting in tournaments, it's not the same as betting on yep. um, um, you know real horses. You're it's it's more theoretical. So um, I was pretty good. I still am actually at, at betting on the horses, but those tournaments require a different skill, and I don't think I have it. Mm. Yeah, it's a different it's a different setup, particularly the pick and praise. What what pick and praise are is where you pick them beforehand. So do you, do, do, you don't uh, do, it each... do you bet the horses then? Like, uh, I gather you on do. occasion, yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. 
out. So on occasion, that's what I used to tell my wife. On occasion. Yeah, on occasion. And I've I've done a lot more in tournaments. Is is what I've done because um, I've been trying to yeah. get into the big the Breeders Cup results and sure. And that's been interesting to watch and learn and and it's a it's a it it especially during COVID it was about the only it was the only thing to watch you know so. Well, yeah, that's how, that's definitely How did true. you get into horses to begin with? Well, um, I had I had bet the horses a little bit in Chicago when I was like 21, 22. I was working in Chicago. So was that in Arlington? And Arlington Park, right? Yep. And uh, but I didn't know anything, but but I liked it. And then when the track opened here, that's when I kind of got serious, and I and I hung out with people who obviously knew a lot more than me, and I kind of just. Uh, Kind of just you know, I I learned from them, and then my brother my brother got into it, and my brother would do he would do the speed figures and the pace sure. figures for okay. us, and his figures were more sophisticated and better than the ones you'd get say in the racing form or with Bloodstock Research. So uh, we had a little edge there, yeah, we did we did pretty well, and so that's that's kind of how I got into it, and I and I you know it's. The old joke is, I hope I break even today because I yep. need the money. <laughs> but I, but I kind of needed the money, to, and I needed to. to I, I I couldn't have been there if I was going to lose, you know. Yeah, I used to go and, to Rio. But it was fun. It was fun. Now I used to hang out with about seven or eight guys. We would stand under one of the monitors on the main floor because you got to watch the race on TV. Sure. You can't watch it like <laughs> actually out at the track because you can't really tell what's going on. Yeah, but these were these were really intense guys, and uh, and some of them were really good, and and they all burned out at some point. But I mean, the the track would the track would open, you know, and in those days it would open in April and go go right into October. And I would say, you know, those, of those eight guys who hung out there, uh, there probably wasn't a firm stool among them for that period of time. <laughs> Nice. I mean, anxiety wow. was was in was really intense. Mm. I used to go to Rio Dosa with my grandfather and my dad when I was a kid. Yeah, quarter horse. Like Mike Mike Smith used to ride then, and saw Mike yes. Smith ride. And at that point, he was from Roswell, so they Roswell, so they knew him, and you know, it was it was it was a cool experience. And so started there, and you know, it's kind of been one of those off and on things. Makes yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing that gets into your blood, you know, kind of oh, like sure. diarrhea. <laughs> well, I st- I think if Tom, with his numbers, the way his head works, he'd he'd like it if he did, you know. I might, yeah, that's true. I'm working all those numbers and all that stuff, and I just because it is sort of a math program at times. Yeah, I could see that. Well, you love it's, it. The great thing about horse racing, the first time I really took it seriously was at Canterbury, and. The thing that attracted me to it was I realized almost instantly that it would take me decades before I really knew what I was doing. Yeah. And I like that about it. You know, you're always figuring in other things, and, and uh, that's how you get an edge. You're so, just figuring things that other people aren't. So with, with it being probably close to decades now, do you think you understand it now, or you think it's still elusive? <laughs> I, well, let's put it this way. I think I understand all I'm ever going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it all works out. No question about it. All right, we've got about two minutes to go. Any closing comments? Well, we should say that uh, Walter.com is out there, and you should go there for a car. <laughs> I always we do. We a lot of car uh, discussion today. Well, we had some. We oh, had, we never you know, do. Well, every once in a while it goes off we in really other do. directions. But you know, we, did, we did the best job we could. 
you know, he got who he got. So, now, what do you expect? Mm-hmm. I don't expect you know, Tom, anything I was, to tell you. I was I was looking over this story that you alluded to earlier uh, <coughs> in the in the newspaper. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, or online, really, but uh, about online, the uh, yeah, about right. the mandates in St. Paul and, and Minneapolis. Yes, and and you know what it really boils down to because yeah, you can you can either have proof of vaccination, which by the way is, is I think I think in in St. Paul at least it's it's not really proof enough because they want to see that you've been vaccinated, but these days if you haven't had the booster, you really haven't been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So they're not requesting that. But but the thing we talked about was that the testing, you have to test negative, like, within 72 hours, and it has to yes. be done. You know. yep. Yeah, you can't just do it at home. So what it really amounts, very few people, almost nobody's going to do that. So really, when it, what it really boils down to is, yeah, you got to be vaccinated, and you got to have proof of it. Yeah, I mean, so that... If you're going to abide by the mandate. I suppose that's that's true. So why did they even at, at the last minute throw in that or show that uh, show a negative result in the last seventy two hours? Why is that even part of the language? I I I wondered the same thing. I will tell you, honest to God, that I, I, politics in America right now is just so incredibly annoying and filthy. It's just oh my God, and no, it's well, always here, been filthy. Yeah, that's yeah, it sure true. It has. always has been. It's sure. It's always been. Well, here, let me just give you four headlines. This will show you the perfect balance we have in America. Um, picture of Hillary Clinton. People are floating some wild ideas for 2024. Then there's a picture of Ron DeSantis. Trump's gutless remark seen as a shot at DeSantis. So there's those kids are fighting. Then you got yep. Barack Obama nixed the filibuster, passed voting rights legislation which would, of course, just hand the world over to one party for the rest of time. And then, of course, the real bad one, we go back to the Republicans, and it's a bad omen for Matt Gates. Apparently his uh, former... Oh, yeah, the girlfriend's going to testify. The girlfriend yeah. is going to yeah. testify against yeah. him that he was banging a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. So that's our... There, yeah, look his, at those his, wonderful his, four his, people. His defense is that oh. she said she was 18, which, you know, is a better defense. Do you remember which ball player it was? got in trouble for for having sex with uh, like a 14 year old remember well, that story well there's the story of clemens and uh the, the country singer um well yeah 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 well there is that yeah, yeah. and that, oh, that leanne was, rhymes tanya tucker T- no it's not tanya tucker it's um, it leanne it's, rhymes uh, oh no it's no. another one yeah tanya tucker was one, with someone else it's yeah. one from well, Texas. tanya tucker was with glenn campbell right yeah yes yep. yes but okay. she was really young, and her, apparently her dad was okay with it. And yeah, oh Jesus! Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I can't remember the name of the ball player. It's a, it's a kind of an old story, but the the thing was that that he was accused of having sex with a 14 year old, and his defense was that she said she was 16. <laughs> That's not yeah. interesting defense. defense. Well, it depends <laughs> yeah, on where not, he played. Good, no. You know. Yeah, I'm um, just going to say it was Wade Mindy, Boggs because it'll piss off. Mindy piss McCur- off. McCurdy. <laughs> Who's Mindy McCurdy? That was the country singer with uh, oh, when she was 15, oh, okay. had the affair supposedly with Roger Clemens. Burr, For 10 dear. years they were Burr, together. Dear. Why yeah. would you want to do that as a grown man? I still never understood that. Why would you even want to do that? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. So. I don't get it either. Yeah. You know? All right, I'm going to fold up the tent. You guys behave for Christ's sake. 
Uh, oh, my you're my best, Tom. Yeah, yeah you thank go. you. There it is. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Take well, care. Well, not tomorrow, but yeah, Monday we'll talk. Not tomorrow. Yep. You got it. Take care.